You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Well, if you're ready for the Word, get your Bibles out. We're going to get into it. It's going to be powerful. I want to talk about the road to recovery tonight and talk about one of the things that are necessary for the conception of faith that happens within your heart. You know, whenever you're believing for a miracle or anything else, there has to be a spiritual conception that happens inside of your spirit for that to occur. And I want to start with a, a story I heard. It's a true story of a lady that was blind. And in the story, she had been to, gosh, all the great healers that we have of our day, yet came out and she was still blind. Finally, uh, the pastor had some come to, to his church and uh, he was a healer. He believed in divine healing. And he encouraged her, come on out to the healing service. He says, well, I tried, I tried, and it just didn't work. And he said, come on, just come out for my sake. So she went, and at the meeting, uh, the evangelist had her come forward and said, let me pray for her. She said, well, everybody's prayed for me, nothing's happened. And she's been blind for, for years, not being able to see. And he said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see yourself seen. And so she came forward and closed her eyes and he says, I, I want you to see yourself seen. And she opened her eyelids. Now she's blind, she can't see. And she said, well, I still can't see anything. He said, I didn't tell you to open your eyes. I said, keep your eyes closed and see yourself seen. And she, he went ahead and prayed again, and she went ahead and opened her eyes again. He said, no, I didn't say open your eyes. I said, keep your eyes closed and see yourself seen. And it finally dawned on her what he wanted her to do. So she closes her eyes and begins to see herself seen. And then he puts his hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, blindness leave. And she opened her eyes, and God supernaturally gave her sight. See, what she needed was a conception, a spiritual birth of the Word inside of her before her miracle would become manifested in her life. See, a lot of Christians were praying for this and praying for that, but there is no spiritual conception. There has to be conception before there can be manifestation. And I want to talk about that tonight, how to have it, how to release it, it doesn't matter if it's finances. It doesn't matter if it's physical healing. How to release it. But look with me in Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. And let me show you this principle. This is Abraham. Or Abram. And it says this. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, and all the land, watch this, which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. In other words, in order to receive this promise, he had to see himself possessing it. Most people are waiting for a manifestation before they believe they have it. When it comes to the word, you have to see yourself in possession of it first. And God says, if I see myself in possession of it first, then God says, then I give it to you. I won't give it to you until you see yourself in possession of the healing, in possession of the prosperity, 
in the possession of the breakthrough. And if you can do that, God says he'll give it to you. In other words, he won't give it to you until you can see yourself in the possession of it. I don't know about you, but I just preach myself happy again. This is how the word works. It creates this spiritual perception. And what I like about it in the text, it says, I want you to lift up your eyes where you're at right now. And all that you can see yourself possessing, I give it to you. And the way God says it is beautiful. He says, I want you to lift up your eyes from where you are at right now. Not where you want to be. Not where you want to be in the future, but where you are right now. Right now, you may be broke, busted, and disgusted. Right now, you may be sick. Right now, you may have troubled marriage. But in that place, lift up your eyes and see God's Word and see yourself possessing it. And the Bible says when you do that, God will give it to you and it will become yours. There's several references where God says, lift up your eyes. Let me give you a couple. Genesis 15, uh, 5 tells us about, or Genesis 30, uh, 31, 12 talks about Jacob, how when he was ripped off from his uncle 10 times in wages, an angel appeared to him and said, lift up your eyes now and look. The, the rams are spotted speckled sheep. In other words, that was his wages. In other words, I want you to see yourself possessing those wages. Now, the, the rams were not spotted and speckled. They were ordinary rams. But God is telling him, lift up your eyes, and I want you to see them in that light, and then I'm going to multiply everything. And that's exactly what he did. There's another reference to this in John's Gospel where Jesus makes this statement. He says this, Lift up your eyes and look, for the harvest is white. Whew. This is before the day of Pentecost. This is before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the church. This is before God started the church and the new birth happened. This is before the resurrection of Jesus. He says, Lift up your eyes and see yourself possessing a great harvest of souls. Hallelujah. See, that here's the key. If you can see yourself possess it before it's manifested, God will give it to you. He won't give it to you unless you can see yourself possessing it. In other words, I've got to see myself in the possession of the healing, of the provision, of the breakthrough that I desire in my life. And God says, if you do that, I will give it to you personally. That is shouting ground. See, Abraham needed this to be able to conceive the promise that God had given him. It's not enough to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing, but there's a, a conception that has to occur when the word's preached. And that's where you begin to see yourself possessing it. Genesis 17:8. Let me show you a powerful verse. Look how this is worded concerning the promises of God. Also, I give unto you and your descendants after you the land in which you are strangers, the land of Canaan, as an everlasting, say everlasting, possession, and I will be their God. He's telling us that the promises of God are everlasting. Well, the promises are promises of provision. 
their promises of healing. But how many know all of those things are temporary, but yet it says here they're everlasting. You know why they're everlasting? Because whatever we see ourselves possess is everlasting. I can see myself possessing the peace of God. That's everlasting. I can see myself possessing healing. That's everlasting. Sure, the manifestation may be temporary, temporary, but the faith that receives it is everlasting. The inheritance is everlasting. And I'm trusting tonight that you'll grab a hold of this and use it in your faith, use it in your family. I mean, you can practice this and say, I, I'm believing the promise that I'm going to be debt-free in my life, and I, I'm going to talk like and act like I'm debt-free. I'm going to receive that promise. And the Bible says if you think that way, God will give the promise to you at that point. You can do this in any area in your life if you're willing to possess it in faith. Look at this verse with me. Isaiah 26, 3. This is really powerful. Look at this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusted in you. Now, I want you to circle the word mind there. That's the Hebrew word yester. And what it means is this. It's a word translated five times in the Old Testament as the word for imagination. It includes the mind, but it's imagination. So let's translate it this way. The persons whose imagination is set on God, God will give him perfect peace, which is two Hebrew words for peace. It's that peace that passes all understanding. When I can image in my mind what God's word has promised me and see myself in possession of it, it will create a peace that passes all understanding. In other words, I don't understand how God's going to do it, but I got a piece about it. I don't understand how I'm going to get that promotion, but I got a piece about it. I don't care how, I, I don't know how this is going to happen and how God's going to move the parts or whatever, but I have a piece about it. That's what comes through the person who begins to see himself with the blessing. Do you ever feel like sometimes you don't see yourself in the light that you should? You see yourself as a loser. You see yourself as down and out. You see yourself as someone who's never going to achieve and receive the dreams and the visions that you have in God. Do you ever feel like that? That's the part that has to be mastered. That has to be overcome because God won't give it to you until you see yourself having it. You got to see yourself in the light of that promise for the blessing. Let me just say this. Your imagination, since you were born again, is an imagination that God uses for conception. We could say this. The imagination is the womb of the birthing of God's Word. In other words, it's the place where God's Word is ignited and it comes alive and there's conception and there's birth when you see yourself receiving what God has promised you in the Word. And you know, when you, if you ever talk to a, a woman and, and uh, she's pregnant, she didn't get pregnant because she was drinking the water. She didn't get pregnant because she was hanging around other pregnant women. She got pregnant because she had intimacy with a man. You can't have conception without imagination. You've got to imagine God's Word in your life being yours, 
you taking possession of it in your life, that's mine. I see myself out of debt. I see myself going to that new opportunity. I see myself walking in the light of that in the Word. Boy, when you do that, there's a there's a, a pregnancy that happens inside of you, and you can get pregnant with the Word. I want all of you tonight to have a Holy Spirit conception. I want the Holy Spirit to take the promises of God, whatever one that you need in your life, and you begin to see yourself possessing that, and the Holy Spirit will bring that conception into your, your life because your imagination is the womb of that conception. Now, we would think a woman is crazy who tries to get pregnant without being a man, without being with a man. We would think she lost her marbles. She said, I'm trying to get pregnant. Well, are you married? No, I'm trying to get pregnant. Are you with a man? No, I'm trying. We think she's crazy. Why do we pray and think we are going to birth the word when we don't have conception through the imagination? The way you see your life is how you're transformed. The Bible says that we are changed from glory to glory into his image. Notice it uses the term image. The image is what changes us. When I got saved, I was afraid. I was insecure. There was a lot in my life that that's the way it was. After I studied the Word, I went, wait, 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 wait. This is what I am, this is what I am now. And I began to see myself in that light. And I was transformed, not instantly, but over time you begin to change and be transformed in the Word in a great way. This is the reason why some of you have been praying about things for a long, long period of time and not seen any desires. You haven't seen the manifestation, if I could say it that way. And you desire it, you desired it for years, and, and you wanted this, but you haven't seen it. That's because you have to have a spiritual conception, which occurs through the imagination. Let me give you a great example of this. This is found in Genesis 15, verse 4 and 6. Now keep in mind as we read this, this is Abram. He has been desiring himself 25 years to have a child out of his own loins, out of his wife. No baby, nothing. Sarah, or Sarai, she's been desiring to have babies ever since she was a child and unable to have a child. In fact, it was so bad that she was willing to let her bondservant sleep with Abram to get a child. And then when she got the child, she realized, I got the extra wife with it and it's not working out. Anyway, Abraham gets rid of that extra wife and here's Sarai, still barren. Abraham still without a child. Here's how God got it to be conceived within him so he could have the child. Look what it says. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Look at the next part. 
Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards the heavens and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. Now watch what happens. Here's Abraham, 25 years. He's desired a baby. Can't get 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 a baby. And what does God do? He says, I want you to come on out here, Abraham. I want you to look up now at the stars. I want you to visualize, imagine those stars as your descendants. And as soon as he did that, something clicked on the inside. All of a sudden, the promise took root and there was conception Nine months later, he's got a baby. Say amen. In other words, for years and years and years, he had a strong desire, but he had no conception of what he desired through the promises. And that's what a lot of you need to do. You need to say, all right, I'm not lacking in desire. What I'm lacking in is a Holy Spirit conception that comes only one way, taking the promises seeing yourself not going to possess it but seeing yourself possess it and you don't do this after the fact you do it in the bad conditions you do it where you're at when God told Abraham to conceive the promised land he had just lost half of his business with Lot half of his employees he had lost a friend. He was at a low point when God said, Look up at the land, and if you can see it, I'll give it to you. And just for a side note, the land that he saw was not the land that flowed with milk and honey. That happened through 430 years later. But as he saw that land, he saw it blessed. And God progressively every year began to prosper it and bless it because he, he saw it as his land with the blessing of God. And by the time his descendants came upon it, it was a land that flowed with milk and honey, but it all came because of holy conception. He got pregnant on the word of God through his imagination. What are you going to do? through this difficult time that we're in. Are you going to let it beat you down or are you going to get some holy conception? Are you going to take a promise in the Word where you're at right now and just put your faith on it and begin to see yourself in the light of that? Or are you just going to wait until things get better? You're not to wait. You're to see yourself now. Don't wait till you feel better. Do it now when you feel lousy. Don't wait until all your bills are paid. Do it now when you're broke. Don't wait until your marriage is great. Start seeing it great now. And when you do that, there's something that happens in your spirit. And something is birthed. And in the birthing of it, it brings forth a great blessing. So when I lift up my eyes, something clicks. I'm looking down. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Nothing. But when I look up and see my redemption draws near and that God's provided everything that I need in my life, when I do that, oh, I'll tell you what, something goes off in the inside. It's the resurrection power of Christ, which, by the way, I'm preaching on Sunday, going to be awesome. But there's a birthing of power that supersedes your own strength and your own ability. It gives you peace in the storm. 
It gives you a joy beyond happiness that comes to you if you can see it. And I know you can see it. I can tell you can see it. I can sense you can see it. But you got to grab it, see yourself possess it. I'm not letting go of it. I'm not letting go of it. I'm not letting go of it. Because the manifestation is around the corner. Because he always manifests. Catch this. Anything God gives you will eventually manifest. Woo! That's worth listening to this. Just that one truth. Anything that God gives you is going to manifest. And you just got to receive it, stand in faith with it, and be blessed. Now, I want to say something here at this point that I think will help you in a very great way. When you believe for anything, I've been saved a long time now. And I've never seen things manifested until they are authorized by God. In other words, I can have this desire, whatever, study the word, whatever. It won't work until it's authorized. And it's not authorized until it's birthed. Once it's birthed, there's an authorization of it. And you have power over the enemy. Power over the satanic things that try to come at us. And it will give you freedom. An example of that is the nation of Israel that went into the promised land. You know, they were in Egypt in bondage for 430 years. They were slaves. You know what the word Egypt literally means? It means a fence, uh, a walled area. It actually has the idea of something that is confined or limited. See, it only took God hours to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. And because there was something that was built into them during that 430 years of enslavement, it was a limitation. It was a familiarity of limitation that I can't ever have more than enough of plenty left over. That was inside of them for all those years. So that had to be changed in order for them to possess the promised land because they had to begin to see themselves in a different light. I want you to write this down. It's a very powerful truth. Your feet will never take you where your mind has not been. Let me say that one more time. Your feet will never take you where your mind has not been. Your mind has to be in that place. Whatever your mind is, whatever predominant thought you have in your mind right now, your feet will naturally take you to that place. But it never goes any place that your mind has not first been at. This is why we get in the Word. This is why we study the Word. As a man thinketh, so is he. Hallelujah. In other words, my predominant thoughts are going to transform my life. They're going to cause my course, my actions, to go a certain way when I have a predominant thought. And this is why this spiritual conception is critical for a believer. Let me say to you this from a psychology perspective. Scientists tell us that 85% of our decisions come from our subconscious. Our subconscious is almost like a default system. It always goes back to what it's been programmed at. 
or many people call it an autopilot. Your subconscious will automatically take you back. You may get off course, you may have willpower and decide to do this, but it'll always go back to whatever it has been set on in your life. That's why this imagination of seeing yourself possession with God's hand, what it does is it reprograms you. And it, it causes your feet to go in that direction. And you may have some distractions, but you always end up back there. And as long as back there is in the abundant life, as long as back there is healing, as long as back there is great marriage, as long as back there is raising your kids onto the Lord, come on, then that's good. But the problem is it's not always like that. Many times our programming is wrong. And because it's wrong, we try to use our willpower and change and we do good and then we may slip back right back to where we were before. But there's something that happens when there is a spiritual holy conception inside of us where we actually see ourselves possessing what God promises. And something's birthed inside and there's a new program. Whew! One that will radically change your life. It's that powerful. And it's one that God wants you to have tonight in this message. You know, they did a study on people who win the lottery. And they discovered this, that people that win the lottery or have a big windfall, usually within a few years, they lose it all. In fact, I, I believe it was the New York Times said that most people that win lotteries within, uh, I believe it is, seven years, go bankrupt. Why would that be that way? Because the programming wasn't safe. It doesn't do any good to give a lot of people a lot of money if their programming is not right. If their autopilot or their subconscious is set on defeat, they'll just waste the money. They'll make bad decisions and use it all up, and it won't benefit them at all. That's why we go to church. We hear the word. Lord, I want a programming that'll take your word and get the most out of it. I don't want just a little bit. I want a more than enough so I can bless people abundantly. That's what God wants for you. Forget about what your father did or your grandfather did. You make a decision right now. I'm going to practice the word and be blessed coming and going. Let me give you an illustration of this, how powerful this is. This city did an experiment, a building development. The U.S. government did it, and it was uh, conducted in St. Louis. And here's what they did. They went out and took a, 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 a large piece of ground, and they literally built a city from scratch. They put a city hall in it. They put all these new homes in it. They put brand new parks in it and all brand new stuff. I mean, state-of-the-art stuff. This was a social experiment they did. And then what they did is they went out and they took a whole bunch of people that have been living in poverty. They took all those people and they put them in this city that was all supplied. And you know what happened within 10 years? That city that was all brand new became full of graffiti. Buildings were falling apart. It became one of the most 
dangerous cities in that state. Now, it's not because it's not because of anything but one thing. The people were programmed for defeat. And you could give them everything they wanted. That's why socialism doesn't work. Capitalism works because it challenges you to reevaluate yourself and, and to work for success and, and work for rewards. And it's very scriptural. But that's exactly why the city failed is because the people were not programmed. Give somebody with a poor mindset a million dollars and they'll waste it. Change their mindset and they'll not only be able to handle a million dollars, they'll be able to make a million dollars without wasting it. It's all the way that you are programmed. Listen, my friend, uh, when I started in my faith, I had stinking thinking and I still work on it but I'm a lot better than I used to be. And you can be a lot better than you are right now. And I trust you see these truths. You'll realize you turn to your wife, kids say, hey, you're going you're gonna to change your thinking according to the word because I want the blessing of God to overtake you so that you can bless your children. children. And we can do that according to the word of God. It's not about material things. It's about being transformed by the image of God. Becoming like Jesus, trusting in God. Receiving what He's promised. That's what it's about. And it makes a big difference in your life. Listen, maybe you've, this is something you've wanted all your life. Man, I don't like where my life's been going. I, wanna, I want a victorious life. The place to start is with Jesus. That's the place to start. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him. Which means... A lot of the things you may do, you may not want to do at first. But if you begin to follow him, those things will alter your life and bring the blessing. And what I want to do is I want to pray for those that want to make that decision today. Maybe you've been backslidden. Maybe you're just away from God. Maybe you're just terrified because of all this. And you want assurance. This, is, this will give it to you. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. On the cross of Calvary, I worship you for it. That he took my sins on himself and died. And Lord, you rose him up on the third day to forgive not his sins, but mine that were on him. And today, Lord, I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. I'm asking that you would pour the Holy Spirit upon me, Lord, that I might get that Holy Spirit conception and I might take your word and have it birthed inside of me and you would move and have your being in me and, and truly I'd be blessed. Father I thank you for it in Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out riveroflifefellowship.org, our mobile app, and our podcast. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at River of Life Kent to learn more and keep up with everything that's happening at River of Life Fellowship.